0: Sur le drop, il arrive. Le drop de Jonathan Sexton. Oh, the son fouton, il passe, terrible. Il est
1: là, Jonathan Sexton à la dernière oh. seconde, crucifie oh. l'équipe de France. Que c'est dur. ground being made now. Sexton from outside the 10-meter line.
2: It's spinning, it's spinning. Jonathan Sexton has made it. He has snatched victory from the jaws of defeat for
1: Gone. And
2: Welcome to the Johnny Section Appreciation Hour, more commonly known as the Hard Yards. We're here on a Monday for the first time, whole new start. Um, I'm Andy McGeady and I'm joined in the studio once again by Pat McCarrie. Pat, how are you? Good, I'd like to have kind of bedded track over the whole show, maybe. It's nice, isn't it? Uh, and we're delighted to be joined in studio by James Downey Andy, good morning Hello, and Kevin McLaughlin Good morning Haven't seen you for a while It's been a while You're looking trim <laughs> Don't
0: know about that, we were just chatting about that before I think uh, the weight is just moving to different areas Maybe the wrong areas in the body at this point and Radio ads, £15
2: <laughs> um, A little later on we'll be chatting to Richard Moffat from Statsport About their work with the Irish rugby team But um, yeah, what a weekend of rugby this was all gonna be, this was gonna be a different show with 77 and a half minutes gone, and even with 82 minutes gone, and then suddenly everything's had changed. So look, that's the place to start. Mm. Balls of Steel.
1: Yeah, it was an incredible end, wasn't it? Just just saying, when we're, we're, like myself and, and Jimmy were at the at the ground there for it and, and kind of
2: um, trying to keep our composure during the, those final stages, but um, just did so many- Did you keep <laughs> resolutely objective and dispassionate and impartial, like the like Michael Corcoran, <laughs> <laughs>
1: like <laughs> professional <laughs> sports. I I may have blacked out for around twenty <laughs> <laughs> seconds, and I can't explain what happened in those twenty seconds. There might have been some cursing and tables being banged and stuff like that. But um, just an incredible, incredible end. And I was just saying, not only are we talking about Sexton's drop goal, that crossfield kick to uh, Keith Earlson was just a collective gasp in the hu- in the stadium. Does this is this guy really doing this? And Earls's catch it was absolutely brilliant. And um, yeah, it just it goes into legend. Legend now, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those iconic sporting moments. Hopefully, we'll
3: reflect back on now in six or seven weeks and say that was the moment where
2: it becomes it a lot changed. better if it's layered on top with a few more wins. Mm. Yeah, I think it will be as well.
0: I think uh, you know, getting any kind of win in Paris that was always the yeah. plan. They hadn't played together since November. Um, French were always going to like play with a lot of passion. I think a lot of things worked against the Irish team, and that, um, it was raining. So the conditions were really hard. Nigel Owens had an absolute shocker at the breakdown. So the French's ploy was clearly to slow the Irish ball Mm. down um, because quick ball and they know they can see tries. So that plus wet weather... Mm. It's really,
2: really hard. It was a dry
0: track. Ireland scoring two or three tries. Do you, but do you think um, it would?
2: Do you think it was that clear? I mean, uh, should the weather make a difference when you're a team that is targeting the very highest things in the game? Which after the performance in the autumn, this Ireland team should be.
0: It, it, ma- it, do, it makes a huge difference. Like the French, it, it allowed the French to get more in their faces because. Jimmy, you'll know this more as a back. You, you just can't execute as quickly when, with a wet ball, which meant that the French, who would normally uh, be a little bit more cumbersome, were able to slow the ball down, get off the line a bit quicker. Everyone has to take that extra millisecond with the ball before they shift it on to increase the accuracy of the pass. Um, and it just meant the French could get in our faces a little bit more. And you just notice every single time they tackle, they flopped on the Irish side. <laughs> Um, the it's kind of thing that's complete coincidence they assure us complete coincidence yeah. um, and like fair play to them Nigel was letting them away with it why the hell wouldn't they do it yeah. you look at moments right The in the second half Ireland uh, had them under the pump in the 22 um, Tiger Furlong carries get stripped and they end up going up I think they end up scoring three points up to the other end mm. like huge moment in the game but the reason he gets stripped is because it's 15 seconds it takes for that ball to come out of the rook hmm. and the reason it takes 15 seconds is because I think it's Garado or one of their big fellas is blocking the ball from coming out and Nigel is just letting him lie there we've, um, got,
2: um, we've got a little bit of audio that we'll play um, and Conor Murray's talking about how they
4: targeted the Irish breakdown they put a lot of pressure on our break I think we're a really good side um, you know when we get in the front foot uh, like any side is any good side is but I think they targeted our breakdown and they did a uh, quite a good job in it you know they were probably a little bit ill-disciplined in that area, which which stopped us getting a bit of momentum and getting into our our attacking um, game and our, our phase game, which will be a little bit frustrating. But um, that's probably one area that we'll we look to build on. But that being said, you know we got a lot of penalties out of that, and we were probably a little bit frustrated that we couldn't get quicker ball at times, and um, that's something that we'll we we'll look at.
1: He was that he was wheeling off. Looked like he like, he was
4: one of the first guys to know he'd got it. When did you realise that that was going over the bar? I don't know. I when I turned around, he was literally down at the other 22. I don't know where he was going. He said he claims he was going down to look at the other screen but there was one right in front of him but uh, yeah I, I knew when he struck it it looked like it had the legs it was, it was a sweet strike and um we had, i did look back uh it took a while to put his arm in the air and then uh yeah, like like I said, there are the moments that you you'll remember forever. You know, those are really special moments where you're just ecstatic uh, with joy, and um, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll see it. We we'll get a bit of stick for it uh, in the review. You know, you know we we we'll celebrate like football, footballers, but um, it was natural. You know, like I said, there are the moments you enjoy.
2: Connor is saying that it was obvious that the French had targeted the Irish breakdown, um, but again, that, that was something which was working for seventy-seven minutes. Is that something that this Irish team has to get better at when the referee? was not doing enough to stop it when I say that I mean there was no yellow cards for it and you'd have thought there would have been
0: yeah and Joe Joe used to talk about like Scarlet's were a team that were incredibly good at it they used to not only like block the ball from coming out but block the clean out guy from coming in and even making the clean out so Mm. they basically run this line in front of the ruck as the first man was coming in so the first man would be delayed by half a second and he used to talk about us taking control of it because the referees particularly at that level Pro 12 Pro 14 weren't good enough so what he used to say is you smash the guy on top of the ball, and then you get the penalty. But <laughs> the fact is, the referee wasn't given the penalty for slowing the ball down and blocking the ball from coming out. So it's a difficult circumstance. You have to play the
3: referee in that point of view. You know, you have to kind of go right if we can get away with it. Keep going. If not, if you're penalised, you react accordingly. And, and, and that's, the, your that's game what plan. the
2: French did. Completely. There was no complaining. Um, thought had a, a great game as a, as a player with his level of aggression and the way he led the charge. But he was also very good with Owens. He'd just linger there for a while, give him a bit of an old look, look up to the heavens and walk away slowly and looking back to the teammates gone. Just dunno card lads, keep going. Yeah. yeah.
3: well that's it. You gotta play the referee and if he's giving you that that much leeway you keep going as case. told
2: thoughts on what Ireland could've done?
3: When someone's flopping on the ball it's very hard, like very hard. Like if the referee's not gonna do it, if you go <laughs> off your feet then trying to take him out then exactly. and then are you using the right shoulder? Are you gonna be aggressive with it, are yeah. you gonna get near a head to take him out? You know, you have to be It's a a fine line isn't it Like in how you deal with it Um, Be it maybe going earlier Into the ruck And trying Mm. to take them Before they get in there But it's extremely hard To do under those circumstances What
0: they'll be looking at If that happens again You know like getting latches So every time we go in There's a latch So So tell um, us exactly What that is So if Jimmy's carrying the ball I'm literally on his hip Yeah Like holding him So you're driving him Into contact Driving him into contact And as Jimmy goes down I actually take the tackler Yeah So the tackler can't Flop onto the ball Because I'm taking him Past the ball um, and that I, that's the kind of thing the t- type of ploy you can use. The problem with that is so you have to be very tight in and it, it makes everyone tighten up. And th- you know that's playing with the French hands, and they knew mm. that. The more you tighten up, the more you run into their big units. And
3: but conversely on that, if it, given conditions as well, if you're going to have that French defense and they're going to be that aggressive, you can target the the latcher as well. You know, you can mm. like someone can take out the other person on the latch and so that mm-hmm. person the and then they and
2: then they're on the, your side of the ball as well.
3: Because the whole point of it is to get that momentum, to get yeah. that in behind, to get that go forward. That the person latches through, you have two people driving through. Mm technically it's correct yes but and you're trying to tackle the tackle, the bo- fellow with the ball but teams target the other guy as well the latcher so you take him out he's isolated on his own his support players away and he can easily get at the ball and again you're going to have a player maybe who's going to stand up block people getting in it's that extra second like you're talking about how long those seconds like you were saying 15 seconds for a mm. long furlong like if you're not getting it under is it four to six seconds I think it is rook speed three seconds uh, is the, under four, three is the ideal yeah well there you go I was going to say four but I was thinking yeah. that was it but fifteen like how organized and especially given conditions if you mm. go back to conditions as well but there was
2: there was one rook um, and I think I think it was Murray Kinsler pointed this one out there was I think it was nine or ten seconds and Joe Schmidt had talked about it maybe after the game but if mm. you go back and look at the tape it goes on so long that Nigel Owens is tapping the French lad saying you've lost it in in, in, I know Owens does not like to give he does not like to blow the whistle if he doesn't absolutely have to but in those situations it's not obvious St. Lads it's over you've lost it you're lying there all yeah.
0: over the place and I agree like the reason he does that and doesn't like to blow the whistle is to, like to have open games yeah. but it was the opposite was exactly by not blowing so the whistle far. he was slowing the game down correct actually and yeah. it wasn't a good game to watch uh, French are incredibly negative you have to say it was so,
2: so we're talking about how do, you, how do you counter this can you counter that by simply not bringing the ball into contact and playing a more offloading game or is that a very naive
3: not in those conditions no. right? I thought they played it quite smart in the first half mm. by kicking corners putting high balls up the wingers weren't very assured on their high balls why why did that (laughs) stop I don't know like I said at half time just kind of keep going the way they were going and I don't think Johnny Sexton kicked until like the 65th or something minute. Yeah. Like, And you're going, why stop doing what we've done in the first half, mm. which was getting us a little bit of, because a lot of those wraparounds that you'd normally see with Lancer weren't working especially against when a D is organised, defence is organised, um, and the balls are slow. They're going to come up and mm. so you have to change something and mm. something has to, j- and we were going nowhere. A lot of the
2: time we we're treading a lot of water. And the, the French defence especially around the fringes did look very organised, like they were back to their feet mm. very, very sharp um, and, and aggressively going for the Irish ball
3: when you have that time though you yeah. can get s- it's so easy when you're organised when you have people on their feet it's a slippy ball as Kev mentioned earlier it's that extra second if you've got a forward who's standing out there waiting to carry and they see someone coming apart they're just thinking of carrying they're not going to think of all oh, tip on normally or hold their feet and they're agitated they can see the guys waiting for them so you just go right I'll play
2: safe and I'll carry and it's quite easy to defend so let's let's circle back because we, we haven't spent enough time on the Jonathan Sexton error here Uh, that 41 face we've said these are the things that a lot of things that went wrong were around the breakdown but then suddenly things started to go right Mm -hmm. right from that kick off after the French missed uh, missed place place kick attempt Mm -hmm. a brilliantly placed kick off some brilliantly controlled possession the cross kick to Earls was I don't know about you I was looking at it going oh oh my god but then Earl's leaps over his opponent it was an extraordinary business Earl's
0: was like this for five minutes with his hand up in the air jumping up and down screaming for it because he 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 was like you kick that ball I'm I'm going to catch it so so he knew he knew it was coming
2: he communicated into Johnny and they both executed but also where it's kicked to he he is given a run up Mm. which given someone like Earl's side he has to be going at that ball with momentum Mm. um, because he's not going to win a flat Full of jumping, it's a anyway.
0: beautiful pitch match wedge. Yeah, 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 it's, the on, pitch the, pitch it's on the
3: money, isn't it? Yeah, but you got yeah. to think of that minute and that moment in time. <clears throat> and I think a lot of people, are like what well, I was, like, what are you doing, kicking it? Like yeah. we have to hold the ball, and but completely, yeah. and Vakatawa pulls out because um, everyone's afraid to give away a penalty at that stage yeah. you know, yeah, and you yeah. just go no, no one make an error here we'll just let them have it um, but like a salmon out of the water wasn't he jumping <laughs> up for that but even oh.
1: even that then he, he wasn't happy with just catching it he kind of then Insta- not really got away instant from. step inside
2: didn't acceleration didn't then as well and and was up the pitch again and got another few yards like which is crucial absolutely golden um, there's also uh, David Bates in the Times points out that Peter O'Mahony had 17 separate involvements in that 41 phases from being first there at Rock time to be mm. an extra rook to carries like an extraordinary bit of effort at the end of a yeah. long and fairly tough test match because
1: we, we did something on, on sports show y- there yesterday we just looked at each one of the 41 phases and what happened in each one of the plays and I think it was Stander and O'Mahony really came to the fore like yeah. I, I didn't think the two of them had their greatest games in the Ireland jersey but now that last five minutes the two of them were all over the place and um, yeah O'Mahony was O'Mahony was great there and um, another guy who actually stood up for me at the, the end was Earls again Earls was hitting a, a shitload of rucks like like he was, mm. he was all over the place. Like, um, and it, just because he didn't have his hand on the ball, he was working all over the pitch. So, um, just it was actually funny to see the monster men coming up to the fore when the phases needed to mm. be built and the drop goal needed to be set up.
0: Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I think everyone's talking about the sublime execution of skill from Johnny at the end, but. The amount of tiny, individual, little, detailed skills that went into those 41 phases is phenomenal and something Joe would be very proud of. And it's exactly what Joe would have the guys practicing and training. Mm. That kind of under pressure, under fatigue, delivery of skill. The amount of passes Connor had to throw that all were on the money. Um, catching the ball in those conditions, carrying into contact the placement of the ball, mm. and making sure you have the right numbers of rocks, no one going off their feet. Like that comes from enough experience on the field um, a belief that you can actually do it because it's very hard when you're pummeling away the team for 40
2: phases and not really getting anywhere mm. and, and the French in that 41 phases and this might be the most analysed and watched 41 phase period <laughs> in rugby <laughs> history because uh, there's been some Pat you did a good piece there's some really good pieces out there on it yeah. uh, but the French do get in position to steal that ball a couple of times mm. in that and it's that the secondary people and, and tertiary people coming in and doing serious damage with very clever pieces of legal clean-out.
0: Yeah, it is. It was like great execution of skill like in right across all the different facets of play by the Irish team throughout and, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep going back to it but there should have been I, I, two penalties, clear,
2: very, very clear penalties that should have been given so as it, well. And if it's, if it's not injury time, it was not out of time it's and it's not Owen's a, it's, it's a penalty Yeah but
0: like he, he he's guilty of refereeing the circumstance there yeah. and I think like a really strong and the best referee in the world there is saying doesn't matter what the circumstance here yeah. he's lying on top of the ball it's now a 10 second ball it's a penalty mm-hmm. There's and a couple like,
1: of ones where yeah Murray, Murray's <laughs> having conversations
0: And just saying oh you're looking for the penalty of course you're looking for the penalty but it doesn't matter he's yeah, doesn't lying yeah. on the wrong side yeah. He
3: doesn't want to be that person to be the centre of attention to say Conversely, if you're going to talk about Wayne Barnes, he'd love to be the person who look, yeah, it's, a bit, it's my show, you know. Yeah, look Steve Walsh would have loved that moment, oh, oh, exactly. <laughs> get a tattoo again, yeah. 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 but like it's like Owens just doesn't want it to be, it's not about me, it's about the teams here. You kind of yeah. sort it out yourselves, you know. And, and, I don't and, know, and be I, clear, I
0: would have said it's all about him, and he loves the grandstand finish, but, and but normally, normally, we
2: like normally, we like an Owens game like you know, I, I would if, if you told me it's two good teams coming along, who you want to pick to be in the middle, Owens is gonna be up there, you want a nice open game, but I think Kev's point earlier on is we saw where this goes all the way around to actually we want someone to blow the whistle. Yeah, possibly he, he
0: used to be I think he's gone downhill and do I you think, think I think that was really cemented in my head watching him at the weekend I, d- I don't think he has the ability to referee object- objectively at the moment for some
2: reason in big games and he's great when at you mean, When you mean objective do you, do you mean specifically by the law book as opposed
0: Yeah, I think the best referees are able to keep really cool and actually just referee what's happening like hmm. um, and I think at times he, uh, he like I said he refereed the circumstance okay. and uh I think other referees would have
2: allowed the game to flow a lot better. So I'll tell you what, Vamain, We were talking about this off here. Van Mier was blessed not to pick up a yellow between that pre-half time hit in Murray and post-half time when he was the first penalty to give away. I mean, I mean, he was a machine at giving away penalties, wasn't he? Yeah. he was like, it's <laughs> impressive.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's impressive how he stayed in the field as well. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. you know, and even at the end, I think he wasn't more. He might have been involved in one or two, and you're just like, oh, someone have a word, you know. It's,
2: leave it <laughs> yeah he's a large fella but he does seem to have these moments where you're just going listen lad take 10 minutes get your head right <laughs>
3: But e- even I thought some of the refereeing in terms of um, they had that meeting beforehand and it was out in the paper I think Alan Roland had written about yes. um, some of the things that came out and like there's a couple of free uh, there was free kicks not straight in the scrums mm-hmm. um, so you think that they're going to actually look at this and they're rarely pulled up on you know beforehand in the last whatever 12 months not much has been pulled up on the first couple of games it's been free kick not straight feeding and you're like
2: what? Another good thing looking back in this game um, certainly was hitting you while you were watching it Mm. uh, the performance of James Ryan we Mm. talked about it last week the call to put him in at a young age ahead of Devon Toner big call uh, turned out to be a very very good call
0: How Um, How many carries do you have?
2: Um, th- Seventy three, I think. <laughs> Seventy three and hundred tackles. I think he was up. A, I think he was up at seventeen. I think yeah. and um, Jesus, his double figures carries, double figure tackles, but his athleticism as well in the lineout was was good.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he, he did miss an early lineout one, but I don't know whether it was his fault exactly. Like it was one at the very back, but mm-hmm. apart from that, pretty much flawless. Apart from that, he was he was. Um, just one. it was almost like he was a leader on the pitch and he's a young lad like he was the guy that they were following he was the one making bursts through them uh, breaking tackles sitting guys down in their hole and and the, the lads were kind of flooding through off the back of that so he was a guy that was a talisman for Ireland in the whole game
2: and probably our best forward that I, I talked through in the whole game Yeah. 21 yeah. year old locks don't do that often on that stage
0: yeah I did like he put his hand up and like in circumstances like that the easy thing would be to just go in a support position and clear out and ease yourself into the game, but he seems to just like to get his hands on, on the ball, and he's pretty athletic and strong and in contact. And um, yeah, it was really, really impressive. Mm. Yeah, from former second round kev, there you, <laughs> you got to take that praise. <laughs> now, I thought he was
3: superb, wasn't he? Like such a young guy to step up and away in France did the job,
2: didn't he? It is good. You don't, you never like positions that pick themselves, but there had been a while where you sort of going, Yeah, Toner and Henderson, that'd be grand, and there you going actually. That's another one. And we're leaving out people like Colton Land and mm. Quinn Roo. And the, there's a lot to come from those players as well. But this was, yeah. when you think of his age and potential, this was frightening. I loved it it's great
1: yeah it? and he was getting the even before the game the French had flagged him as one to, to watch and, uh, in some of the TV shows and stuff and then they were giving him a lot of praise at the end I think Lequipe called him the good soldier at the end of the yeah. game and he, they highlighted him him and Sexton as the two best players as well so um, interesting to see if uh,
2: Schmidt gives the two of them a start again next weekend probably yeah um, ok uh, there is something that did also come out of this game which if Ireland had lost I think we'd be seeing a lot more of and we're still seeing it credit to everyone for not forgetting it um, the two injuries to French uh, halfbacks that, inv- that needed HIAs. Um, their knees seemed to be very sore, but they needed HIAs. Uh, there is an investigation now announced um, that they are seeing what went on officially through the Six Nations. Uh, Gav Komsky does a good play by play in the Irish Times. Uh, we're looking up, he goes through the entire uh, audio of what what you can hear over the tape of Nigel Owens um, discussing with Jonathan Jonathan, Sexton, among others. Um, Credit also to Sexton at the end of the game for keeping his head and noticing what's going on. Uh, Owens is very clear on the mic that the fourth official is telling him that a HA has been called for by the independent match doctor. I don't know where I'm going with this. At the t- we have to be careful because right now there's an investigation, and right mm. now the French might not have done anything wrong. <coughs> we can't influence that investigation from here. <laughs> I home, know, but, but, like but, but, but it's a discussion point. You get like after, after yeah. last year, with the Wales game, it it seems a little years, too yeah. close to home, doesn't it? So, Andy, just for context,
0: explain, like, what, if it was a knee injury, the key point is that they can't bring another man on so the field, because
2: there's no one left on the bench, yeah? Yeah, if HIA or blood sub, they can bring a replacement in. Hmm. Now, that replacement cannot take a place kick, but they can bring a replacement in, so are still up to 15 men. Um, so, the the option has always been there, the option's probably the wrong word, but the loophole has always been there for just, declare all your subs HIA, HIA. you know? Um no so we're not saying that's what happened here but there were obvious suspicions on the pitch that that's what's going on including Owens Owens is really clear about you know so uh, he's talking to the fourth official and says you are telling me it is definitely from the match doctor the official match doctor saying it's a HIA Sharaba says yeah Owens is that correct Sharaba clearly Owens, yes. Charabaugh, yeah, sure. This goes on and on. Owens <laughs> is not drilling no, it, it into It not sound like Nigel Owens can do there. There, d- d- there <laughs> isn't. He is, th- he is the final arbiter in saying you go off for a HIA. Yeah. But if the independent match doctor, if he's being told that the independent match doctor is saying, then he's hardly going to overrule him and no, saying he can't, he risk he can't no. have a HIA. The independent French doctor. technically
1: (laughs) technically (laughs) French yes closest (laughs) to the
2: stadium yeah Um, but the other thing is the
0: match doctor can't like if there's even if, if a player says he got a bang in the head What's the match doctor supposed to say? No, you didn't, you're fine. It was your knee. But that's like the integrity <laughs> coming into it
3: there, <laughs> it isn't it? Is, where yeah, it's it honesty is. and it goes back
0: to. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, for the Media Olympic, um, as of Monday's edition, uh, the journalist Vincent Bessonnet has, they said they've talked to Matthew Charabay, the fourth official, and uh, said they'd talked to him on Sunday. And the fourth official, Charabas, says that the French staff did nothing, the French staff didn't intervene, um, they just took advantage of a decision that had already be made by the match doctor. So that's him going in the record and saying this is match doctor alone. If that's the case, then the French have nothing to answer with that second one. The first one, the Jalabere one, uh, it was a little different. There did seem to be, James, you were saying there was looked to be a bang in the head as well.
3: Yeah, well, I thought he went, when Bunyaki carried, I thought he'd actually hit him wrong. And I thought he was out because I saw him down and I went, oh, he's gone. Like, cause yeah. I thought he got a knock straight to the head. But then he's holding his head and his knee. So, mm. um, And then obviously in the replay, not too much seems to happen to his knee, but he's holding
2: it and, and his head's gone as well. Do you so. think the rugby gods will be angry at us for breaking Jalabere?
1: lasted what was it t- 30 minutes or something as well and um, it, I think what happened to him was yeah he might have just rocked back and he could have hit the head because the mm. impact was so so strong as well but um, yeah it was it was it was, looked horrible like knee on knee action mm. there as well but you knew Bundyaki
2: was going to get up from that and play on like, that guy's made a there's only one to to
0: knee start. winning there like
2: yeah. there, is, yeah. <laughs> um, there is one point out, like down that so we do this could be just a horrible coincidence in the way that it looked and if it hadn't been in France in the same stadium last last year, maybe we're not talking about this so much. Um, But when it comes to HIA, there doesn't need to be an actual impact visible on the head. It could be just the head snapping back. Mm. The mechanisms, we're not doctors, but I've talked to people who examine these things and they said, look, you can get concussions in weird and strange ways. So we will leave the investigation, take its course, but seemed weird
1: and you were saying that's that's why Machino couldn't take that kick at, um, at the end that's why Bellew had to step up correct it. is that on the back of Bloodgate couldn't possibly comment
2: ok, <laughs> okay. Uh, next uh, week <coughs> Italy coming to town they were um, uh, not they didn't do well against England um, I had said there were going to be strange and beautiful things this is where we do the uh, well done Pat, <laughs> Pat. are we going to sneak um, this in You've had won the Lazarus. prediction competition. Lazarus. After half a season. Mm. Yeah. Well After done. being 417
1: points behind in one
2: stage. <laughs> you chipped it back. <laughs> 41 phases of chipping it back, and then triple point, we, you, you go 3 0 up and you win. So well done. Handshake. Oh, thank you. Congratulations, yeah. sir. We'll work out some kind of prize. <laughs> probably involving coffee um, but next week what are, we, what are we looking forward to is this an opportunity after a game like that to change the team against Italy is Italy a different challenge where you would pick a different team anyway what would you do personally I wouldn't change it too much um, you'd like to see a
3: bit more from the lads out there um, especially going forward maybe give him another chance to gel together he's not one to have um a knee jerk reaction. Um, I don't think we've mentioned Dan Levy actually. And I think he's. He was good. If there was, he was extremely good. And it was a perfect game for him, to be honest. Mm. Um, sad to see Van the Fleer go off. Hope he's all right. But. What, he's like out for
0: a little while. I've Medial ligament. Yeah, we're yeah. yeah. just glad it wasn't his ACL. It Looked yeah. like it could have been. Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, it looked it like Jordy
2: Murphy's against New Zealand. That yeah. sort of. I hate when you see the replay and he's already screaming before the yeah. contact. You're going ah, damn it. Yeah. yeah, it's
3: not great, but but um, what an impact from Levy! Mm-hmm. Um, perfect game from his knees. At the breakdown when we needed him and went in and did the hard yards for it literally. And look, I think he be the change. I don't think in the backs. Could you? I I thought Earls was superb. Um,
0: The only ones, Stockdale seemed a little bit off the pace, perhaps. I don't know whether... It wasn't his conditions or it wasn't his game, but he just didn't really seem like he was playing with much confidence. No. I and mean, maybe that's symptomatic of the fact that Ulster is struggling a bit or
1: He was good at the compared to Earl's and the live where he was, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was good in the first twenty minutes maybe Stockdale, <coughs> like, because a couple of good ch- kick chases and mm. the French are keeping an eye out for him, but then he faded out of the game after that.
3: But sometimes mm. as well if you if you don't get into the game early, if you don't get your hands in the ball early, you don't have a carry. Some, sometimes it's like just give me the ball and I'm in the game. Yeah, you know? yeah. And if if it's ten minutes and you haven't touched
2: shit and you're just kind of just chasing go Kicks. Oh. Yeah, and he's, it's it's frustrating done, then. And he's done like, that in previous games. He's gone and got involved. Um we didn't really see that.
1: No, no. Um I, I still I think he'd stay in. I wonder I wonder if Conway might come in against Italy just as um fullback or yeah, around. Yeah, like either, either one either one, but I think Earls will stay in so um yeah, is either either Kearney or Stockdale getting arrested. Like Kearney was, a, like it didn't have a bad game, but he didn't have much impact. Yet. He kept looking like he was running into brick walls the whole time, and he'd run into something, and he, like invariably he'd get knocked back a yard as well. So
2: is, is Italy at home where we see Jordan Armour? I was
3: just about to say it's hmm. an interesting shout. that you say can't wait to fall back there? I'd nearly well, okay, okay I said not to. Yeah, yeah. Look, if, if, if you're going to blow him in a game, Italy at home. That's looking brilliant yeah, yeah. Not, that's not a bad not a bad one for him like you know so is um, not a bad shade as well yeah he could change up one or two mm. not two but he's not going to
2: make five changes it'll be two mm. three max max okay um, would there be any talk of changing up the centre combination against Italy or are you, are you leaving those as they are
3: um, Rory Scanlon was over there he was warming up yeah. um, don't know don't know if it would. I'd give him another go together. I
0: okay. think you're right. I don't think he's going to change much. Yeah. To he might give James Ryan a rest because uh, he just got through so much work. Mm. He might bring Dev in and um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. If he makes two changes. I'd say it would be be worthwhile and bring in. I don't think they're going to train that much this
3: week either. As well, um, very physical game, wasn't it? So mm-hmm. they will
0: tomorrow mm. on Thursday. That'll be it.
3: Yeah. So you can't. You're not going to have that much time to ch- get combinations used. Yeah. True. Although, albeit now they'll have been used to everything all right, but I think it's no. He's not going to make that many. Okay.
2: Okay.
1: McGrath, maybe might come in as well, or yeah, the, yeah. the two of them are yeah. interchangeable almost. Yeah,
2: aren't absolutely. They? Uh, where did Wales get that from? <laughs> We asked. We asked. Could Scarlet. they play like Scarlets? <laughs> uh, they opened up like Scarlets.
3: Yeah, it was one hell of an opening. Oh, Not 15 minutes, wasn't it? I think the Scots for fourteen 0 uh, down after whatever it was, twelve minutes. It's so. So which was it? Was a Wales fourteen points better or Scotland fourteen points worse? If they you were very I mean. smart in how they played against the Scots, the Scots yeah. want to play this um, keeping the ball alive, open rugby, and the Welsh kind of let themselves strangle it you know, like trying to do too much and they were putting a lot of pressure on those offloads and I think Johnny Gray trying to offload an awful lot and just they had players there and they're just offloading it, people in worse positions. Mm. And they were smart about how they defended as well. I think it was very very intelligent play from Gatland. Really mm-hmm.
0: did. Yeah, and I think like Scotland went into the game going, We have to force this and uh, we need a load of these things to come off. We yeah. have a chance to win and it just looked like that they were forcing things and they tried to play this like high tempo type of game that Glasgow got away with at Pro 14 level but at international level with uh, a defence uh, that you know uses a lot of line speed and pressure game they just couldn't do it yeah. and looked really poor as a result but Wales made them look poor yeah mm. but I think when you're when you're 14 nil down
3: and you play yeah. that type of expansive game you're like as you say you, you're really forcing it it's like right we need to get back into this otherwise like what's going on like you know but you, like you look at the Welsh lads. As well, I've got some interesting to see. Uh, Liam Williams is back, George North's back, uh, Amos
2: is back, Falate is back, and Bigger's back. It's <laughs> a big one. So, if you're if you're if you're the, if you're Gatland, are you saying okay, and I keep with the Scarlets boys, or do you put in your your boys? You put um, them all back, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, actually, they
3: England, don't they? In yeah, um. Yeah. I thought Rhys Patchell controlled the game extremely well, and and for once actually Halfpenny stood up. Um, Normally not a big fan, but he was very very good.
2: There's a lot of people um, in Wales, I think, very very happy that Halfpenny had a good game.
3: He needed one though. I think that was his first try in five years. Five years, years. was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. From
3: from a fullback, you know, and I thought he he marked their kicks very well. He marshalled the back very well, and he was very very good, you know, because. You'd be thinking, "Oh, we put him on the wing just because he's there for kicking, especially in twicking him." But I don't know what they're going to do. I thought Patchell was brilliant, so mm,
2: it's, he's got a headache. You know, it's a good <laughs> headache, but he's got a headache. Exactly. We we'll mark it under good problems to have. Mm. Um England more of the same. We'll assume. Um, I believe Sam Simmons did pretty well, lads. Yeah, after the fight last. Mike Michael Sam Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <I'm Just> <laughs> the atmosphere goes frosty in the studio now.
1: There was one. There was one during that England game where um I think. T- Italy had a disallowed try I think when their centres got through and it it could have been if that had been given it was going to be an 8 point game it might have been closer but um, didn't got chalked off and it's always it's, I hope it happens Italy this weekend again but it's always horrible to watch them getting flaked in the last 20 minutes like and yeah. the heads dropping and they didn't it was sad to see them getting beaten by so much because I thought they were good for a lot of the game Okay, so quick prediction
2: um, Ireland Ireland beating Italy general nodding we're yeah, not yeah, in trouble yeah. fine yeah. general nodding uh, England-Wales England. England England yeah England yeah Nods okay um, Scotland versus France this is the loser go home match in, Scotland in, Hul- Murrayfield. Murrayfield? in yeah. Murrayfield Scotland, Scotland will that. win that yeah France I'll, I'll enjoy watching Scotland
0: beat France actually two very firm looking forward to it alright that's a fiver on France yeah.
1: for me you're, looking, so.
3: for, you're <laughs> looking for you're looking for the French to back back that up like and yeah. can they do it their head that's going to mentally It's going. they're mm. going to be rocked up from that one and on the other side then you're going to have Gregor
2: Townsend yeah. kicking up a storm up there
0: alright the Hard Yards, brought to you by Sports Joe.
2: We're joined on the line now by Operations Project Coordinator for Statsports, Richard Moffat. Richard, we're talking to Inuri. How are you?
5: Morning Andy, how are things? Thanks for having me on.
2: Doing pretty well. So, you had a big deal last week. Um, you signed a deal with the RFU to do the GPS tracking for every senior professional rugby player on the island of Ireland. So, uh, what, is, what does that mean?
5: Yeah, see um you know it's, uh, that's a big deal for us. Um I mean, I guess before getting onto that, maybe just to explain a little bit of, of what exactly that means um in terms of what we do. And um, we provide uh, wearable tracking devices um to elite teams and athletes around the world really. Um Uh, Those who who are watching rugby, as probably most of the listeners are, um, will will notice a little um, square, almost like a box of matches, uh, the size of a box of matches, on a player's back uh, during games. And what that is 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 a GPS um, tracking device, which which we provide, um, which tracks all manner of things from speed, distance, um, collisions, accelerations, decelerations, uh, and so on. Um, We've actually worked with Irish rugby for a number of years um, and a number of the provinces individually. Um, But this season, um, what we've actually moved on to is a centralised deal with the IRFU, which obviously standardises all the information that they're collecting. um, And that's right from IRFU senior level men and women, right down through the under-20s programmes and into each of the four four provinces and their under-20 programmes as well. So it's obviously um, huge for us, um, you know, on our... Uh, home patch here. Really proud to be to be working with the uh, the national bodies, um, but also obviously from an Irish point of view, for them to be able to centralise uh, things and obviously then standardise the data that they're working with, understanding and um, you know metrics that they're dealing with for players and, and teams um, when they're not in national camp, um, and then obviously bringing that all together with the ultimate aim of um, I guess winning at the at the top international level.
2: Okay, so what kind of data does this cover? So the, the, the little box you're talking about, that's the thing that people see in the little pouch just in the middle of the shoulder blades towards the top of the neck on the back. What kind of data does that provide um, to, to coaches?
5: Correct, yeah. So the reason, first of all, that it, that it sits there, um, as, as opposed to any rest on the body, is that um, that central position um, allows us using without getting too technical, using an uh, an accelerometer to understand um, uh, kind of symmetry on the body, or asymmetry as it may be. So understanding the kind of left-right step balance and things like that. uh, the the unit, if you can imagine, is almost like um, a really advanced Fitbit. Um, so the, the concept of gathering information about movement and tracking and so on is the same, except obviously at a, at a much more advanced level. So, like I say, all things from you know the basics like distance and speed and right down to um, you know the intensity that you cover that distance um and then obviously it's evolved over time so sprints accelerations and decelerations um and actually in the last number of years we've actually in rugby specifically um created some um pretty clever algorithms in the system and um, which allow us to look a little bit more at collisions. so obviously the nature of, of the sport is that not everyone on a rugby pitch re- really may be um you know maybe measured on their ability to get around the field or run particularly fast and the nature of the game is that forwards and backs and all different shapes and sizes and positions um who are kind of tasked with doing different things so um what we've been able to do is actually develop algorithms again using the accelerometer that will actually measure collisions and um, the number of those collisions the intensity of those collisions and also scrum impacts um So, at the end of a game where you might be measuring a scrum half or a centre or a winger um, on the the distance they've covered or the intensity of the running that they've covered um, for a prop or a second row, um, that may not be the most relevant thing. And for them, you might actually be able to get an understanding um, of the kind of collision load that they have uh, been faced with in a particular game or training. And obviously, the more of that data that you've gathered over time, and obviously now with the IRFU um, having that as a centralised deal. They now understand, you know, what's normal for for Connor Murray or for Rory Best in a in a pro 14 game uh, in Europe, and then right up into international level, and they have a um, almost like a baseline to go off and a way of understanding not just by how intense a match may have felt or how many minutes a player spent on the field, but actual actual objective measures to understand, um, I, I guess, the the exertion that a that a performance um, or a particular game has had on a player.
2: So to be clear, this isn't it isn't new that the provinces are using GPS. The new thing here is that all of the Irish provinces are now in the same system. Which, from talking to uh, someone behind the scenes in the IRFU, they're fairly happy with that because it means they can compare player load a bit better um, across across everybody. Uh, the going back to impact here and collisions. Um, I talked to somebody a few years about this. And they said that the danger in making like G-Force, for want of a better term, impact public, is that people will want to zone in on the massive highlight reel hit, Uh, and perhaps even television companies try and use it. Have you had queries like that, looking for, look, this guy got smashed. What was the G-Force?
5: yeah i mean obviously there's um and the nature i guess of sport and the nature of the way things um, are going is that there's um commercial interest in in all kinds of data um and that's even moved on in in you know recent years even just with things like the opta and um, you know we get uh, flashing up on our screens number of carries um, meters gained and things like that um and obviously um, we've had. Um, I guess approach or interest um you know from various TP companies and so on um, and looking into that. Um, but to be honest, we don't um have any particular interest in that, um, I suppose from from the team point of view. Um, They're quite often more interested in the load that a player experiences across a game. So, okay, there are um, exceptional cases um, and there's obviously HIA protocols and and so on in place now um, for certain uh, collisions and um, working may maybe in play. Um, But in terms of optimizing player performance and managing that load from game to game and week to week, um, probably the biggest thing is actually the accumulated load across the game. Um, And so, like I say, for them to get an understanding of not just the maximum um, g-force as it may be of one hit um, but the accumulated load of all those hits across a game um, and again just to give an idea of um, maybe the information that, that our system provides as opposed to that kind of um i guess video analysis uh, type information so like i say on the tv you'll see you know players number of tackles made and you might hear a guy's made 20 even up to up to 30 tackles in a game um which would be a huge shift but obviously that's really that's only you know one part of the game and one side of the ball. So he's also um, receiving impact when he's being tackled. He's, there's also impacts in rucks and malls um, and even at scrum time as well. So rather than actually counting um, tackles per se, um, what, what our unit know, will actually do is, is, like I say, measure collisions um, and that will include all of those. Um, and just to give a brief explanation of how it does that, it actually takes into account um, three things. The g-force of the collision itself um but also um the timing uh or, or sorry the duration of the hit. so um you know sometimes just a one-off hit or a guy who just gets hit and goes on the ground sometimes he may get hit and held up and other bodies are arriving and again that all um is kind of accumulated impact um and then finally the speed of entry into the collision as well so those three things kind of go into the pot um, and come out to give us um like an arbitrary uh, an arbitrary number, um, which is then used to give the to give the uh, the collision a, a kind of weight in terms of intensity, and like I said, looking at that then over the whole game gives you a total number um, of what we call collision load across a game.
1: That's the th- thing I kind of find interesting. there that you're speaking about Richard, is the kind of fact that uh, it's that well tailored. Then you can actually, let's say, for example, we'll pick out someone like Connor Murray. That the coaches can then be told Connor is actually ten percent down on you know his involvement, or you know that the stats he was hitting in the last game. So it's it's really player specific, which kind of must must help a lot of the coaches as well.
5: Very much, and again, that's obviously where the where the centralized. Um you know, deal plays into the hands of the IFU. So they're not now just, you know, comparing... conor murray's data yesterday for example um against his last game in in november and um, they now know exactly what he's done in the meantime over christmas and with munster through um you know the end of the of the european group stages in january um, and so that'll continue obviously throughout the season so they've got a really clear understanding and probably at this point certainly some players and um, would have an understanding themselves of what they know um, knows to be their benchmark you know maybe what's the the most intense game they've ever had in terms of in terms of impact or in terms of um, you know speed or running intensity, um, and then obviously they have a much clearer understanding of, of where uh, the weekend stacked up to that. Uh, and then it comes obviously down to recovery, Monday morning, nutrition. When do they go back training? And um, you know, do they need an extra day's rest and so on? And it's only one tool. I mean, obviously there's lots of other things that, um, with video analysis, the intuition of the of the player and the coach will, will never go away. But it is another objective tool that can be used um, to, I guess, inform decisions um, as the the week goes on.
1: And, and Richard, is is there one stat that actually is there something that still, like, you know, you've been in the game for a while now, but something that surprises you, whether it's a G force or whether it's acceleration speed over 10 metres, or anything that stood out recently that still surprises you?
5: Um, I don't know. We get. you know to be honest we would we would get a look um you know at the data on occasion um, but the data does belong to to each of the teams themselves um so we don't necessarily get to see it unless um, you know we have, we have someone in camp there by request or yeah, I've, to I've, take a I've, look at some data
2: I've, I've tried to do that before Richard you need about three four different sign offs try and get some of that data released even if it's anonymised it's um, it's, it's the right pain to be honest as a journalist but I see where you're coming from
5: <laughs> yeah well I'm, I'm sure I'm sure uh, you know you guys would love to see it obviously we see you know we we hear, hear of maybe um, working with some of the performance coaches and stuff that we do of, um, of maybe max speeds and um, guys Getting over over ten meters per second, maybe it would be considered um, very quick in rugby and things like that. And, and actually, I've noticed more and more cropping up uh, in, in things like players' autobiographies. You'll see mentions of um, a particular hit they might have taken in the game and so on, and, and uh, what that might have measured in, in G-force and what, what the unit said. Um, but to be honest, um, at this stage, I can't say there's something that uh, particularly that I've seen heard recently that, that stands out
2: all right i'm just imagining uh do you remember the old neil best and stevie ferris looking at these videos can you imagine them setting up with the gps units and training and says right we're <laughs> gonna set a new record here boys <laughs> um listen that's uh that's richard from uh from Sports. murder she wrote is the perfect thing
5: to
0: watch during the day You can watch the start, fall off for 40 minutes, come back, see the end, perfect, you know what I mean? You've missed nothing really. Remember, right, Kev in the Kline, he used to have to bring two TVs into the room, one for you for Chetlam. <laughs> like every red-blooded male in the country, he'd be watching the horse racing, whereas I'd have a TV for myself for things like Murder She Wrote and Houses Under The Hammer. Murder She Road is the perfect thing to watch during the day.
2: Welcome back to the Hard Yards. We're on to listener questions now, and as usual we put out a call this week and these are the best ones we received. Make sure to use the hashtag AskTHY if you want to ask a question next week. First one from Stephen Rooney. Poor kick kick chase aside, well I think that was from Kearney's clearing kick, was mm-hmm. the Teddy Thomas try down to opportune finishing or poor D? Go.
3: Bit about really, um, just that moment of brilliance from someone. Uh, angles, firstly, okay, he said. Firstly, um, poor kick aside, but you have to start with that. I thought Shaw C made the wrong option by kicking it through. Let us off the hook. We were um, or under the under the pump a little bit, little bit there, but he has got a fine touch. Got to get it into the stand as much as you can, or get someone to touch it to slow it down. I'm sure they would have looked at how the French play. Everything wants to, when they need something like that. Like it was just, but uh, Tama what a finish
2: maybe Rob got his angles wrong on the first one and then to have he has to run through he has to run through a lot of bodies there he gets the ball just over the halfway line like he's a long way off
3: yeah maybe he's come in field a little bit too much for my liking Um, and he probably backed himself a little bit more but you can't give a young guy that much space Stockdale didn't
0: look brilliant scrambling across it doesn't look good on tape it was hard for him Mm. though because he was on his heels and suddenly he's chasing someone at full tilt like I think the key is you just got to stop them at the first line, and like they actually had a good line, but just left a little bit too much room on the touch line, yeah. and mm. he just took it. They, like. just, they don't need that much at that level, do they? It's the small margins, and yeah. like
3: that, that, like you knew that that's they just needed one moment. Why like we? we there was no need for us to give them anything, you know. Just yeah. keep it, keep doing what we we're doing, and then that's all they need is a little bit and what a finish. Speed kills. Yes,
0: he does <laughs> kill. Yeah, but the f- like the thing is, France did not look like scoring once for the whole that game, and then that, thing. yeah, that that's what would hurt. It's like if you lose the game to a try like that, having literally kept France outside your 22 for the entire game well I'd go further I don't the Gator
2: team look like scoring
0: uh, Ireland did not two really. or three times in the 22 in dangerous position. four times
2: Clear. four times in the match in the entire match Ireland yeah. got in there four times and not once in the last 20 minutes that's courtesy of Simon Gleave he's tracking 22 entries for all the Six Nations always oh. worth a look
1: the one uh, yeah the one I thought they had the. Be- it was at the very start and Kearney was going around the outside and that for some reason Henshaw cut inside and then he had no one on his, on his left hand shoulder so yeah. I thought if Henshaw had a step out on the sideline the two of them could have exchanged passes and it would have been a two on one. But Henshaw for some reason decided to cut in and that was that one ruined. Uh the other one was I think in the right hand corner in the second half, I think When Tomai got stripped. Yeah that yeah. was it. That was that the, was one of the time right like uh, was that,
2: that uh, was it Poirot who ripped that one was it? Over Furlong. I'm going to say it was. I'm going to say it with confidence.
1: Yeah, I think that's (laughs) the secret to success here. (laughs) just say it with confidence. Like James Ryan's 17 carries, which I'm starting to doubt near myself (laughs) a little bit.
2: (laughs) Hold on, let me interrupt your combined years of expertise with my unbridled confidence. That's that's basically called mansplaining, isn't it? We'll we'll, we'll go in. Continuing a theme, right? This is from Heads Up Rugby. We're looking a little bit ahead, but the point is the same. How how likely are Ireland to overturn England in Twickenham given they didn't get a sniff of the French try line yesterday? are they lacking firepower or are we to trust trust the Schmidt game plan? Does this go back to slow breakdown? Is it that simple? Yeah,
0: it's like what we were saying earlier it was difficult conditions and, you know, slow ball, some refereeing issues, wet ball, like a few things like that. I, like I wouldn't comes to England Ireland and St Paddy's Day and Twickenham like it's,
2: it's a long way off exactly there's too, a long, too, exactly, it's there's so a so long way to happen. go
0: before yeah. that like you, but, but what I like about it now is you can build momentum over these three games yeah. so get a nice win against Italy and then build towards the Wales and Scotland games and mm. should should be riding high obviously a lot of things can
2: go wrong but should be riding yeah. high right now this schedule is falling very nicely for Ireland yeah, very, yeah. and
0: always nice the, the one was you just have to scrap any kind of win in Paris and that's what yeah. they did
2: yeah, exactly. any kind of win will do <laughs> yeah that's it you know uh, okay <laughs> next one um, this is from Stephen Rooney again hold on uh, are Ireland capable or allowed or free to play heads of rugby once they have executed the pre-planned phases? It's it's something which we here brought up a bit, of Schmidt team. Are they a little pre-programmed at times? What do you reckon?
3: But I'll fa- I, I think you're pre-programmed for... You can be pre-programmed for, what, three, four phases yeah. max, and then you've got to play what's in front of you, and that's the difference then and making decisions under pressure is what makes them international players that they have to actually read what's in front of them I think they kind of stuck to what they knew they revert to type sometimes you know when when you're in a pressure cooker and you go to what you know and hence the wraparounds were there an awful lot um, weren't getting much joy from it but I do think that no they can uh, make those decisions out there you can't you can't be robots for that amount of time
0: no yeah and I mean in international rugby you got to go through phases to score tries and mm. you got to at times, you just got to put the head down, carry square, uh, go another phase. And Johnny, Connor, you know Robbie. The guys will see the space. They'll find the opportunities. Keith Arrows will put his hand up as the crossfield kicks. On like, th- there's enough experience out there to find the gaps and find mm. the opportunities. But you've got to get through the work first and then these things will open up.
2: That that cross kick alone to do that probably uh, takes uh, that argument out of people's hands for a long time. That's playing what they saw, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Okay, next one from Patrick Ward. Technical question. Um, What is with CJ Standard's carrying technique and why does he go into tackle so upright? Surely that's not productive. So Standard again had about... 25 carries of the weekend was it? 24 That's Okay, and I'm I am very confident about that one <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah he, he, was, he was another guy who um, I didn't think it was his best game for Ireland again but he is another guy who came up I think he had 5 carries in the last no 6 carries in the last 5 minutes for him and then at the very end he had that one where he wriggled for the extra 2 or yeah, 3 yards yeah. which was kind of crucial Pushed them back, and then there was hardly any kick chase then because he was causing such of a ruckus as well. So, mm. um, but yeah, a, a, for a lot of the game, he was running dummy runs as well, because maybe I think Ireland thought they were going to target him. so Standard kept
2: coming showing for the ball and not getting it. but dummy running is still important. If you don't have an affected dummy, the defense is going to ignore it. yeah, you know yeah. So you still need to show you need to put in a lot of effort to get there and look, you know really that you wanted as well. yeah, yeah but going back to how he carries the ball. is is there something there is you know price?
0: Yeah, just going back to what you're saying there, Joe talks about, spends as much emphasis on uh, people running off the ball as people running on the ball. and you know, Every single video session, he'll talk about action off the ball and who ran where to create space for the yeah. carrier. And you'll see backs running dummy lines out the back, which takes a little bit of focus. And the guy who's running the real hard line into a brick wall gets that half yard. Um, in terms of his technique, like he's he's quite a short guy. He has that kind of low centre of gravity and he can afford to run high. If I'd run high over my career, I would have got emptied every time I carried the ball. Got emptied <laughs> a lot anyway, but... <laughs> if I'd run upright, I didn't have a hope. Whereas he has the ability to keep his head up, his chest up, and, and stay square because he has that low centre of gravity and he gets over the game line. Is he's it, so mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, he's so, so powerful,
3: isn't he? And it's a very kind of South African way of doing it so stocky that he comes and he tries to use those two arms folds the arms and tries to sit Mm. people down you know and uses that momentum to kind of get that go for it if he puts his head down I don't think he's going to be as effective but it's very he, he does run
2: upright I do understand it but it works Okay. Uh, next one from Sean Reynolds. Um, there's another back row question. Is a back row of O'Mahony, Levy and Stander a more balanced back row than what we put out last weekend um, or with Co- with Conan to offer more ball-carrying impact off the bench or do we try a back row of O'Mahony, Stander and Conan with Levy to come on again? So this is basically, do you bring Conan into the back row? Mm,
0: no. Uh, I, I'm not sure a back row of Conan and Stander works. No about carry 20 times a game yeah uh, who's going to clean out who's so, going to
2: so let's talk about so this is really good point so let's talk about back row balance
0: yeah, Flyer was the perfect balance I think to be, to be honest with you because he hits so many rooks he's yeah. so selfless and yeah. he's perfect man to have with Stander there and Pete carries a fair bit as well I think with, a, with, with Levy coming in Pete will probably do a bit more of the donkey work because yeah. Levy carries
2: quite a lot as well because mm. so. there's a bit of this where <coughs> you, you, as long as you've got the balance right between 6, 7 and 8 you don't really care what numbers an individual is wearing mm. but it's part of the mix yeah, it is. So um, no, I think th- they'll figure it out. But I, I'd be shocked to see a, a back row of Conan and Stanner. Um, so the, the I will turn this around. Um, Conan could do very well against a Team Like Italy. Mm. Like he's he's so quick and it does run does run well. They might put him on the bench. Yeah, I think you he know. could he's, do. Good. It's Geordie Murphy, Geordie, Geordie, yeah. Geordie or Jack <coughs> Conan. Yeah. So I think,
1: I think Conan will go on the bench for yeah. that because he's the type of guy, again, yeah, for this last 20 minutes where he can do a mm. lot of damage to them and, and hopefully, as England did, rack up around three or four tries in the last 20 minutes,
2: and Conan's perfect for that. Mm. OK. Make sure you use the hashtag AskTHY if you want to get a question in for next week's show. And remember, get them in on Sundays now because we are going on Mondays. Before we go, I just need to address one thing. We have not covered the ongoing trial of Pat Jackson and Stuart Olding. I've explained before on the show that we do need to see it out in fairness to all involved. However, I am also conscious that some of the evidence already provided has caused considerable upset. And what I mean by that is text whose language could be upsetting to people, whether it's decided a crime has or has not been committed. Um, I'm conscious of this upset, and we are not ignoring the issue. We will cover it. And like all things, we'll do our best to cover it well. Um, so look, that's it for this week. Thanks to Pat, to James, to Kev and Richard, to Alan Lachnan for producing and Shane Dempsey was on sound. We'll be back next Monday with a new podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes, Podcast Republic, SoundCloud and every good podcast app to get it straight to your phone. This has been The Hard Yards. This was the Johnny Sexton Appreciation Hour. I'm Andy McGeady. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week.
1: The Hard Yards, brought to you by Sports Joe.